Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Victor Rubio. I'm Marissa McHale. And today we are here to discuss episode 8 of season 5 of Six Feet Under, Singing for Our Lives. Today we have a returning special guest, a married man, Colton Duffy. Colton, how are you? I'm good. I'm married. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you better be good. I'm very she's good. She's listening. <laughs> she is listening. She now listens to the podcast. <laughs> if, if we could at some point, she can't hear us, right? Because you're on headphones. I would just like her at one point, and I want it like kept on the air. I just want her at some point just to yell at you. Her <laughs> heartbeat in the background. <laughs> like, oh, this is married life. <laughs> I can probably get her to do that. <laughs> she probably will. Easily convinced. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I guess a little disclaimer. If this is if this podcast episode is a little disjointed, it's because this is the first time I'm recording with a guest that I can see who's not in person. We have a little FaceTime tripod going on. So um, It's really cool, though, because it really feels like Colton's in our living room. If he's, like, he's sitting on this little <laughs> yeah. thing. It is. It's a, it's a technology. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're here with episode eight and we are, I mean, these are like the last, what do we have? Five episodes left and you can like really tell. I, I It's funny. I say every single episode, this starts the end game. This I know. Game. But this literally like is like. The, Does it start the end game? This is, <laughs> that's a great Ooh. question. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a complete end game. Like watching this one, I didn't realize it. it is showing so much about what happens in the next episode. And like, if if I'm talking about the end game and it kicks off the end game, this is at least the episode where the foot connects to kick the end game. No, wow! Right? I thought it was the beginning of the game. Oh damn! I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> so yes, we are here. All right, uh, let, let, let's let's get into your wedding a little bit. This is, I think it's cool for you because you have an episode before your wedding, and now you have an episode post wedding. BWPW. Wow. So uh, uh, a quick a quick uh, glimpse over of your wedding. Did, did a white pigeon show up on the cake? How did it go? Thank God there was no white pigeon. There was no talking to my dead wife or anything like that. So um, no, it went great. It was an outside wedding. Um, Houston, our weather fluctuates a lot, so it went really well. Um, no, I, I couldn't have asked for a better time. For real. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm weighted down by, as y'all have already seen, some metal now. So Yes. <laughs> uh, now now that you are a married man and a family, uh, we do need to get your dog to earn some more followers. So if you want to go ahead and, and plug his Instagram. That's Abel the Bug, A-B-E-L, the Bug, B-U-G-G for his Instagram. Please follow him. I need sponsorships. <laughs> He's expensive. So... Yeah, I'm tired of him mooching off of me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As, as I say that, we were like, we always discuss. We say like, her dog is is the the dog, of, the official dog of the podcast. Yeah, he's passed out. Not even. He'll be snoring in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, I wonder if we're doing good. Looks at the dog. Yeah, so, no. Like, 
<laughs> well, he's We're that boring. He actually snores too, so you may hear him a little bit. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I think with all that being said, we could get into the episode. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let me ask you if... So, uh, being that Marissa was on this podcast, and if you know that like sometimes, sometimes I have to fill her in on stuff because you're a little absent on yeah. the first two seasons. So I made you watch episode one, season one finale, season two, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, being that like, because we're like recapping now that we're like five episodes to the end. Did you, uh, is there anything in this episode that you like were able to bring back from those episodes you watched? There definitely was. I don't um, know if we should get into that right now. No, but no, if- I, I was <clears throat> Yeah, no, there, there definitely was. I, um, It was funny because watching the episode, I you know, thought to myself, why is he making me watching me? You know, why is it what, like, what was this going to bring to it? But then watching this episode, it's like, okay, like that's where everything all ties in together. Um, so it, it definitely was beneficial for me to watch those episodes. Yeah. There was a lot. She watched the first episode and like one of the comments she made to me is they call him Dave. In the oh season, yeah, uh, the first episode. David is such a David. He's not a Dave, <laughs> not a Dave at all. I thought that was so weird. Uh, so our episode, our death capsule starts out, um, this woman's rollerblading, uh, Pilar is her name, right? I yes. didn't get her name. Yes. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Colton. Um, uh, Sand- Sandoval, I believe. Yeah. Pilar Sandoval. Uh, and I struggled a little bit with w- what the death means, like the implications to the show and, I guess regarding like the 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 business of the I'm sorry the future of the business it's kind of obvious like because it's like a a Hispanic woman the whole Rico thing mm-hmm. and whatnot but I guess like the significance of it. So I kind of took um so when she's I I think she's off of the phone at this point but she says um I'm on my rollerblades I should really take them off and walk and then you kind of see her almost like grin like like a sinister grin and i kind of felt like that was like nate's mentality towards the end Mm -hmm. of like i probably shouldn't do this but eh, and like goes for it and then like look what happens right that's kind of just like what i took from it i didn't get a lot out of it but i wanted to say a funny thing so i actually watched this episode with meg my wife um and one of the things she said that i thought it was just kind of funny was she said it off-putting was so she dies but the dogs are safe. And I was like, well, that's kind of random that the dogs are safe. She's like, yeah, I guess you could say she, they were saved by six feet because the leash is six feet. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I real- lost it. I was like, that's perfect. I would have mentioned that on the podcast. So. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, uh, we have we have a, a, a Digging Dexter podcast. And on there, every episode I have what I call for Marissa uh, a gasp out loud moment. I know there's moments when she watches it. And when we watch episodes, we watch anything, right? There's just something that happens on screen. She gives it like. <gasps> so let me ask you: when she gets when she gets hit by the car, did we not watch this episode together? No. We didn't oh watch wow. It probably. What are you probably? I guess. <laughs> okay, guess. definitely then, definitely. Uh, if I could try, if I could try to to put significance to it, kind of like like you said. Um, I was thinking, like, life could change at any moment. Yeah. Because, like, Nate literally one second, bone zone, Maggie. Next thing you know, Narn, Narn, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I know in everyday life, like, there are times that, and obviously not anything as dramatic as this, but I'm like, oh, I really shouldn't do this. Eh, I will anyway. And then it, like, immediately backfires. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, what? Like, I told myself I knew I shouldn't do this. Why? You know, that's where I, that's what I took from it. 
Like, look at her face. She's so happy. Rollerblading. Colton, have you ever rollerbladed? Oh, yeah, I have, but it was, oh, like, 90s. It was like those 90 rollerblades, you know, where they were, yeah. like, multicolored, like, pink and purple and... No, yeah. purple and green, purple and green. I no, 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 don't take it back. You no, said no, pink. No, 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 it was, it was purple and green. I do remember that. <laughs> I think they were like Nickelodeon themed or something. Uh, last time you rollerbladed? I rollerbladed all over these streets. All over these streets? All over. Wow. I love rollerblading. Uh, uh. <laughs> I used to rollerblade all that. That was my form of transportation before you could drive. You were rollerblading? Everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I, I rollerbladed eight years ago in venice beach and i loved it yeah the idea of just like gliding yeah problem couldn't stop no the back i couldn't do it i wasn't like i wasn't capable enough so i was literally my my stopping technique was literally just crashing no (laughs) (laughs) but i tried to make it look so we need to rollerblade in venice beach yeah car alarms going off everywhere oh my gosh (laughs) uh and that's I probably would have been her. I've been stopped by a car. Wow. Uh, <laughs> our episode starts out with Brenda getting a sonogram. Brenda getting a sonogram without Nate. I was going to say, that's actually my very first note. That seems, I don't know, that seems weird. Weird, like, why? Like, okay, so y'all have gone into this together. Um, you're going to have a family. You're going to have a child. And then they've already had their arguments over the possible the possibility of there being some kind of a defect or something like that. And then she's going in to get a sonogram. Not only just a sonogram, but then later on you find out she's finding out the sex without him there. I don't know. I, I feel like that's kind of a – like you're going behind his back. Uh, agreed 100%. And I mean like almost nothing about them is normal, right? Right. I took it as like – this is Brenda with her future and her her baby, and like Nate is not there. Like that's how their future is oh. gonna be. You know what I mean? Like it's totally makes like while it's totally weird. Like why would you do this without your husband? And why would you go without even telling him? Like yeah. work work life gets in the way, and sometimes you can't go to every yeah. Night. Uh, but I just think it's totally telling. Like na- like looking back on everything, and we mention it every episode how much foreshadowing there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is totally like this is Brenda and her future. No Nate. I, I think it's catch that. Mm-hmm. I think it's also weird that she's kind of complaining that Nate's not having her back. Nate's not supporting her. Nate's distancing himself from the baby, but she's kind of like allowing that too. You know, like she's like saying that Nate wants to distance himself from the baby, but. You're not we'll, including we'll, him either. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I just wanted to, to, to discuss the first episode because I think I think her her Maggie and Nate is like the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. so I want to save that for the second half. Uh, but I, I definitely want to get into that. Uh, do you guys want to start off with uh, Keith and David? Yeah, yeah. David and Keith are leaving the boys with Ruth. Uh, the idea of leaving your adopted children. With another person they don't know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, would they not know Ruth at this point? I mean, that's, I guess, well, in the show, they, do, they don't know Ruth, right? This is the first time that they've met in the show. But in real life, do you think that that would be, I, I just know. I just feel like they're, like they're already in unknown territory. And now you're, like, pushing them further into yeah. unknown territory. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't know even know what the timeline of where we're at, of how long it's been since they... Yeah, the timeline on the show always confuses two, me. Two or three months. You know, I don't know exactly how long they, they've been. Obviously, I think one of the funniest lines is Darrell just being like, you look like a witch. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then it's like, oh my god, he's right. Ruth yeah, looks like a witch. The witch, and then she plays the movie. witch on American Horror Story. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> that's funny. When when Ruth yells out that she, you know, the, she has the cookies and and you know the kids aren't there. I was thinking the kids like didn't weren't answering her on purpose. Yeah, that's right? what I was thinking at first. Mm. And then, like, furthermore, when we see Darrell in the Yukon driving, I thought that was David being paranoid and, like, dreaming. Did you guys think that or no? Ooh. I thought it was a total fantasy no. sequence. Wow. I so you, you, I thought it was real, but I was just more weirded out that they were driving the Yukon, and I was like, wait. I was like, well, where's Keith at then? Because that's Keith's car. So why right. is – I mean, that was more just – I know it's a TV show, but I just – that just popped in my head. I was like, well, why is he not there and there his vehicles there? So. No, yeah, th- that's a great point that I didn't even I didn't even pick up on. But uh, wow, so you all thought that was real. I thought it was a total cuz it, it looks hilarious cuz like Insane. there's there's no way, yeah. But there's no way that kid's feet touches the the pedal, Yeah. You know? I definitely thought it was real. I didn't question it and I actually think that was my gasp. I think that was my gasp moment. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought it was pretty awesome, though. They looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I took my, my father. My father had the same car, but it was a Tahoe. Um, and not, they, he, it looks like he has, like, the Suburban or, like, the XL. I had a little Tahoe, and I used to take that stuff, that car out all the time. It never happened quite like this where I'm driving past my Wait, car. how old were you? I was, like, 13. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh my. It's just like that that what the YouTube video you were out doing hood rat things with your friends. Yes, I, 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 I literally was, and I remember it's oh it's goodness. so funny. I had no problem driving the cross streets. I would drive all up and down my neighborhood, and I was with friend. My friends would sleep over, and we'd go take out my dad's car. I was so afraid to cross the main road, so we would literally get out, park, swap sides. My friend would drive across the main road. We get back and drive the cross streets. You were the worst kid ever. <laughs> no, listen, listen. I, I, I didn't, I didn't bust anything up, like any mirrors or anything, you know. You're stealing cars. Last week you were ordering Playboys. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Literally, worst kid ever. God. Uh, um. Obviously, then we find out it was real when when David confronts Ruth about it. Um. And something that that I learned doing the podcast and obviously seeing it every episode. Like, Ruth is still very controlling because the way she, like, takes her cookies. Yeah, like, you know, so funny. Well, no one's getting these, the ones that no one touched or wanted, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, David, David yelling at them, but just being like, and no one will know about this. Yeah, I, I thought that was so great. Like, and just don't tell Keith, you know. That I thought that was so, so funny. Scary, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't pick up on kind of, like, where they were going with it. Like, why why they were acting out i mean obviously at the end when he says it um, yeah i think that they've been acting out this entire time oh yeah yeah yeah. so i I wasn't even thinking that you know if 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 the way the neighbor comes up with the mirror keith is like no no oh my god (laughs) i still wouldn't believe him you know how crazy the idea is that like your 13 year old took out your car yeah. Like, how do I even know how to drive? I don't know, but I think he already kind of... Susp- I mean, he already had his kid take apart the PlayStation. I mean, he's a- already seen him doing some stuff, so I think he kind of was like, all right, yeah, I can believe this. And, like, and like, furthermore, like, why would the neighbor lie? Yeah, the neighbor's right. not going to lie about yeah. that. 
I just, I, his I, face was great though and he was like no oh okay how much oh, you know okay. like yeah yeah um so later when they're at dinner and keith is <laughs> I, I i love like uh it happened last week and i can't remember what it was oh it's like oh so where's the tapes and then he says well it was here 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 he's like so you know exactly where i found it uh like here when he's like you're grounded i'm already grounded yeah <laughs> like think about how much that would infuriate you as a parent Ugh. you know Oh, I would lose it. <laughs> and he pulls a knife on Keith. I think this is something... I don't think he, like, meant violence. I just think it was, like, how can I one-up Keith? Yeah, or maybe even, like, what have I seen in, like, shows yeah. or movies, yeah. you know? Because he's right. still so young. He's a kid. Yeah. But, I mean, it is scary. Like, I imagine yeah. this is, like, one of the the dangers you face when adopting. Like, you have... You know, you raise your kid however you raise them, and obviously a, a child is their own person, and like you said, they learn a lot from TV and everything. But you have no idea what his right what he's seen in mm-hmm. life. Like he may have seen this, whatever. Um, think about how scary that is. A, a little thirteen year old with. I was head. thinking, thank God that Keith's a police officer because you could see, like he see, like he acknowledges the knife, yeah. but like with it's like a seamless of just like nope, not gonna happen, you know. And like <laughs> Keith is, or I'm sorry, David is like traumatized. David looks like he's gonna be in tears, yeah. and Keith is just like like not that he deals with that on the regular, but it's like thank right. God, like he has that, you know. Uh, and, it, and it's really, it's kind of sad to see why they've been acting up, right? So sad. Like, yeah. when he brings up, like, oh, wh- how, how does he bring it up? If one of you can refresh my memory. Well, I was going to say, it's uh, with, I can't, I can't even think of his name, the younger one. Uh, Anthony. Anthony brings it up. He's like, well, we're just having, he's having fun because we want to have as much fun as possible before you give us up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Keith was making their lunch and he was like, you don't have to make our lunch if you're mad at us. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh God. So sad. Like, like, yeah. Like, just the idea. Like, let me cause as much havoc as I can now. Yeah. Because in a few days, I'm just gonna go away again anyway. That's. <laughs> uh, and then I, I guess, like the, the the realization from Keith, that like, oh, maybe we're we're a little bit scaring them too much, or mm-hmm. not. I guess not being comforting enough. You know, the the idea of going on vacation, and even that said, the way they're just like. But who's? What about? I know, us? <laughs> you yeah, know? that little that one. Really sad. Uh, but you know, just a sweet moment where like, no, no, we're 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 all going, you know. And I guess d- dedication, Keith finally dedicating himself to the family. Yeah. Is well, I think he showed himself doing that because like when he got the knife pulled on him, because you know he's um, he's brought up before about his dad was violent, and so. Yeah, he put his hands on um, Darrell. You know, he he held him down, but he never actually hurt him. No. And then um, I think that he's realizing he's not going to be the same person that his father was, that he's actually got his anger under control. And then he sees himself now being, okay, I'm under control and I'm being a protective father figure of these people. And I have to show them, you know, that I actually love them and I care for them. And, you know, and that's saying, hey, we're going to go on vacation together. I'm going to show you we're not getting rid of you. You're not just a temporary stay. You're here forever. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool how he did that. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm gonna sprinkle in a little bit of Ruth here because oh look at that she's sprinkling um, because she doesn't have much. You ever notice like no George in this episode? Yeah, finally <laughs> he does come back though because I know he was in the f- oh spoiler oh come Jeez. on he comes back right Colton yeah. Yeah. Ugh, both of you. <laughs> no, because I even have in my notes Ruth and George, and then in parentheses I have never mind Hiram. 
Uh, Ruth decides to pamper herself and goes to see her old love, Hiram. Um, You saw some of Hiram. Yeah. Uh, I think... I don't really remember how they left off or... I think Ruth was just going through her her phase when Hiram came along up in season one. And I believe some of season two. Right. Or season two, he was ready with uh, Nikolai. Is his name Nikolai? What was the Russian's name? The, no, Nik- the Russian's guy's name was Nikolai, and then Hiram, though, you got to remember, was who he cheated Ruth, on. Yeah, Ruth was having an affair with Hiram. Right, right. Nathaniel died. Right, right, right. The hairdresser yeah. didn't didn't Hiram take Ruth to dinner, and he said that he met someone else, and she was like, "All right, fine," and he was like, "Why aren't you more upset about yeah, this?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's some backstory for Hiram, man. I think I think this the reason why we're gonna bring up this storyline because obviously we see they go camping and there's not like we see ruth is aggressive you know mm-hmm. ruth is hey come upstairs gross bone zone so gross right <laughs> but uh ruth camping and being because you know she's like i have no one to answer to no one nothing that kind of really plays into our next episode and right. next two episodes so I, I guess it's more instead of like trying to sit here and trying to analyze it um it's just more of a mention mm-hmm. for, for next week so I guess we can move on to Claire. Yes. Um, Claire's kind of by herself. Uh, and then again, mentioning it with definitely plays into the end game. Um, this god awful green hearse. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You like it's it? Like, yeah. Uh, but like you see. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but it's an avocado. <laughs> uh, I, I guess. I guess if we're going to go, let me ask something I, I wanted to actually discuss. And now that we're here, because I, I like some of what happens in terms of, of, of Claire and the hearse. In terms of your ranking six feet under episodes, this was actually a really good episode. Yeah. I had forgotten how much goes on in this episode because the next episode is actually my favorite. It's it's honestly my favorite episode right. of all of them. I'd forgotten how much was right. actually in this one. And I really Making yeah. these notes, I really appreciate it for so much more than what it is. What I thought it was. Yeah. And I like this episode so much that I kind of at the end was like, wow, so much before this was just yeah. filler. Yeah. Like crap. Right. It felt like crap compared to this episode, especially Rico and Vanessa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this episode, I like this episode made me remember like when i first started the podcast like oh my god those last few episodes they're so good and this episode was like wow this was a great episode you know oh i was gonna say and one of the things i even put in my notes and we'll get into this when we talk about rico and even with claire and um even nate when we get to that section was how much this episode reminds me of the first season it's a lot of flashbacks to the first season with the way the writing is, the way there's um, symbolism, the way there's um, hallucinations and everything. Speaking of symbolism, in regards to Claire's green hearse, avocado hearse. Yes. Like the way she doesn't fit in at the office, like the way she kind of like can't fit into like the parking spot. That's really you know funny, what I mean? actually, yeah. I and like it's so tight, she has to like go out the back and yeah. like, you know, the way, the way we see, um, you know, and obviously Ted sees her and whatnot um claire takes coffee orders and has to get everyone's coffee drinks take some free splendors <laughs> i thought of you <laughs> i always take free <laughs> splendors man man maybe i'm a bad adult too maybe you are <laughs> we're working on it have you have you ever had a job like this where you were like lowest man on the totem pole woman also sorry 
kind of, but I more just went and got coffee because it was like, oh, get me out of here. Like, right. yeah, I'll go, I'll go, you know. I've always been that person. Yeah. Like, I'll go yeah. just to get out of the office for a little bit. You are- and then a lot of times they pay for your coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you ever no, coffee I've, man? I've never worked in that kind of an industry. Like, yeah, I've always worked for government. Yeah. So everybody's equal and I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Claire is, we she bumps into Anita. Uh, was she in season five? This may have been her first pop up in season so. five. I think this was her first. Yeah, and she's. We learn of this art show. Um, you know, talking about an episode where, you know, symbolism and everything, and it's obvious with with, with Claire and Ted, like their prior lives, whatever, before they kind of met each other was just <laughs> crap, funny, right. you know. Um, Ted Ted confronts Claire about the hearse, and Claire tells him. Claire tells him all about like the funeral home. She's like, yes, I live in a funeral home. And, you know, he even Ted's reaction to it. And this is more like a funeral director rant here by myself. Um, it's exactly what people say. Yeah. Because I, I did live in a funeral home when I was in going to school in Pittsburgh. Right. And it was always like, oh, my God, how could you do that? You know, that's so creepy. And it's like, you know, if if there were zombies, <laughs> I was going to go down this whole road about zombies. And it's like, no. But. I love Claire's line. Like, not as scary as this place. Yeah, that is so good. <laughs> and, and, and if you're someone like Claire who, like, fears the corporate America sort of thing, um, yeah, like, this is equally as scary for, for someone like Claire. Yeah. Uh, so, we, so we see that Claire goes to Ted's thing while Ted goes to Claire's thing. I did never saw Ted as a as a frat boy, but I mean clearly. Oh, I oh you saw it from the start. Yeah, I, I never saw yeah. like. I, I always just imagine him when I think of this 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 actor. I just always picture him in the suit. Um, it just, it never struck me that he was a frat boy, but clearly he was. Yeah. You know no, the, the way he, he sits. Guy. Yeah, and like there's they kind of agree. They have like the same agreement on, on like what. Well, not exactly talking about them as a future as a couple is together. Like they're definitely. Like they both don't want a suburban life, but they're also done with their prior lives. Yeah. But they want to move forward. Kind of like in this like a weird limbo growing up. I, I literally yeah. had it as like purgatory. Yeah. Where you're not at the point where you want like a family and kids yet. Yeah. But you also are done with partying right. and, and everything, right. you know? And we see Ted goes with Claire to her Anita's art show. Or was this uh, Jimmy's art show? Uh, both. Or it was both. both. Yeah. Uh, and then we at the art show we see Russell show up. Yeah. Who did art uh, art Russell? Who did Russell remind you of? Anyone? No. No. I had him as like a cheap, no frills version of uh, Jesse Pinkman. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, because <laughs> he's like skinnier and scrawnier, yeah. and while Jesse Pinkman or whatever, uh, Aaron, what's his name, Aaron Paul. Isn't really a big person. He's like person. the knockoff Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, but he looks yeah. like you know, yeah. like the the the, do, the, the dollar bin yeah. discount. Didn't even place that, but that's a hundred percent accurate. But just the way he showed him <laughs> with that beanie and everything, you know. Yeah. And how funny is Russell? Like, no, I know all of it. I love when Ted was like, "So you dated him?" Like, you know, like kind <laughs> yeah, of asking yeah. nicely, but literally being curious. Yeah. And then I also thought it was funny how Claire finally acknowledged that all she did was have sex with people in her circle and actually laughed about it i thought of you yeah <laughs> she was like yeah it was a really weird time like i dated this one then went to that one though and we all kind of i was like oh my gosh so she finally acknowledges she thinks it's weird too once again circled in my notes as if claire talks about how small El- los yeah angeles, los angeles you, you want to know what's so funny about that 
went totally over my head. Of course it didn't did. Didn't even notice it. <laughs> she literally was making fun of her. Like, everything that you say, That's she was so saying funny. about herself and I laughing. I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I, you, you know what I picked up on? And it's so dumb. And I guess because I'm always trying so hard for like to look for symbolism. Because th- there's two things here. Russell mentions he was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And just the way, he, are you okay? And he's like, no, no, no. These emotions... They're for me to process by myself. So like, funny. like you don't get my like you know. Uh, but I guess I was thinking more of like the woman in the beginning was hit by a car. But like, I, but what symbolism? None. <laughs> yeah. But like, I was I was just like, yeah. oh my god, hit by car, hit by car, whatever. Has to mean something. Has to mean yeah. something. Detective Victor on the case. Yeah. I, I love, you know. There's like in my head, it's like Saturday Night Live when they try to like pretend someone is pretentious, whatever. The line. I choose to process these emotions by myself. It's so great. That is such a great line to be like, uh, I'm not there yet. I feel like the whole point of, of Claire meeting up with them is just to show how juvenile it all was. And I guess we did just kind of like, you know, you guys talked about, I didn't even pick up on the Claire line. Well, I feel like that it was showing how juvenile it was and just how, I don't know, I think they were kind of making, in a way, they were kind of making fun of the art world, how they're all, like, centered on themselves. Like, whenever uh, Needy talks about, oh, well, did you see the piece that they had on Jimmy? And she's like, no, I didn't see it. But everybody there saw it, so why does it matter that she also saw it? You see what I'm saying? Like, oh no, I don't know. It's kind of like yeah, they're no, all I- just... Like congratulating each other constantly. No, 100%. And I don't think, I, 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 I'll speak for the both of you. I feel like we are three people here. And I feel like most people, we don't get art. Yeah. Like no. we don't get, like, you know, we, I, we could go to an art gallery and yeah. fuck if it's any different than the Ikea art we have hanging up. Like, you know. I have movie posters on my wall. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's tons of art in that. But, like, you go to this gallery yeah. and all these artists and. And I don't know, maybe, like, but yeah, there's definitely making fun of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, and I also felt, though, that, like, Ted and his friends, like, they were kind of making fun of them, too. Like, life, they're yeah. both, I yeah. feel like, just realizing that, like, their past lives and their past friends are just not, you know, well, lining cl- up. Cl- like, Claire, like, you could see she kind of got disgusted whenever Edie was talking about, oh, buy my art. I need, I need drugs and shampoo. And she was kind of, like, annoyed with it. Like, are you serious? Like, that's all you're wanting? Yeah. You know, because she's actually had to live in the real life now. And she sees, like, okay, it's more than just having fun. I, I actually have to earn a paycheck. I have to do this. And <laughs> that's kind of what I saw. Like, she doesn't like the corporate world, but she's seeing what it's really like to be in the quote-unquote real world right right and th- that's sort of like uh, i don't want to go on too off too off on too much of a tangent here but the idea of like regular life like there's no payoff like art and everything like you know it's like look at them they're all having sex with each other and doing drugs or whatever and then once you realize you're over that you go into like claire's world where whichever whatever kind of job you have like the payoff is you have like normal life yeah <laughs> like you know right. um and i you know someone like in claire's situation that's like hard hard for well i guess a lot easier now that she could kind of see it with with some maturity um and, and then i guess to this because when you know she, we see she meets up with olivier and like claire being stagnant in life is like her actually growing you know because her here she's being like wow my my you know, we talk about the pantyhose and all that. Yeah. And the idea of like change is something that feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually next week we're going to have Jeanette on from Humanology. And, you know, she has a great episode on change. She's like, if you're doing something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Out of your element. 
that's good because change is growth. You know, if if you did the same thing, if if Claire was still in the art world, she would have not been growing. She would have been another one. Mm-hmm. You know, back with Olivier or you know whatever. Um, I like the idea that Olivier acknowledging he was pretentious. Yeah, like to see him like stripped down from like. I, I always hated Olivier, uh, but seeing him here, I, I forget what the line exactly he says, but he says something where it's like... I don't have it. No. But we, we, we get the idea yeah. he's a lot more down-to-earth here. Yeah. I was going to say, he's all when he's in the classroom, he puts on a facade yeah. of this mightier than that, but in real life, you can see who he really is there because he's he realizes Claire is now seeing who he really is. He's kind of a... a I don't want to say he's a sham, but in a way he is. He's putting on this facade of, oh, I'm this great artist, and I'm this, and I'm that. In real life, he's like, no, I haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly, because he's like, oh, because if not, I have to go – I'm going to have to go drive a cab and look at right. – he can't even drive. <laughs> like, you know. Exactly. <laughs> not sure if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. This actor who plays Olivia, and forgive me, I don't have his name in front of me, he – is, was, and possibly still could be Alan Ball's partner. What? I don't know if it... Did that's you know that, cool. Colton? Yeah, that's his husband because he plays... I think, if I remember, I could be wrong. I think that's his husband um, because he's also in True Blood. He plays a really main character in yeah. later on. Yeah. But I, I just... I know they... I had seen that they were date, they were partners. Uh, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever. I didn't know if they actually got married. Um, I think... I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I yeah. I think they're husbands. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah. He brings, yeah, because he's. I don't know. I think he's a good actor. And True Blood had its problems, but his character in True Blood was actually a really good character. If I hate a character, you're doing a good job. <laughs> you know. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh romantic moment, or or I'll let. I guess it is romantic the way they film it, but kind of like a little bit of what's going on in terms of like the whole Me Too movement or whatnot. Because we see at the end of the at the end of their date. Ted does not kiss Claire. They kind of just yeah. Do they hug or no? No, or do, no. They're just kind of like good night, yeah, or whatever. And then the next day at the office, you know, he's like, "Oh, can you show me where the toner is, whatever?" And they go in the closet and they fucking start making out. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess it was discussed that Ted not just doesn't sleep with everyone at the office. Was there no part of you like, "Ooh, shit, too much"? No, just me. No. No. Okay. Because I think it was like he probably went home and like I feel like people probably went home and were like, "Oh, should have done it." You should have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, "Oh, so a ro- romantic moment." I don't know yeah, if I would I, say romantic, uh-huh. but I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool that he waited. That he didn't. Hey, we've out. We've been drinking. We've been doing this, and I could kiss you right now, but let me like kind of digest yeah, this, yeah. Uh, what we've just gone through. Yeah. So. But I did want to comment. Because <laughs> I, I've edited my t- my notes. Whenever he was first talking to Claire, so we're gonna backtrack a little bit. Yeah, he was just like grabbing stuff off of her desk, like the cookies and like yeah, the yeah, you're stuff. right. Was that not weird? I was totally weirded out by that. He's like, gra- he's like, oh, what's this art thing you're doing? And, oh, can I have a cookie? And I don't know, it's weird. Sorry. No, no, you're 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 right. And now that I think about it, maybe that's just like his nervous tick when he's. I mean, obviously he likes her. Yeah, and like that's right. like sort of dating, like just sort of like. You know, why did I just say that? Why yeah. why did I laugh like that? Like that's I guess that's what he's doing and you know. Like I I I maybe even so the way he comes back for more cookies like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember seeing it like he's awfully fidgety but I didn't even like pay attention to it. But now that you mention it, it's probably his cuz he's a rather calm dude, you know. So that's maybe yeah. that's his version of being nervous dating whatnot. Now that we have wrapped up Claire's storyline, 
What? Don't give me that look. <laughs> well, well. What are you thinking? Uh, you know what? That's a good question, Colton. What are you thinking? What? It rhymes with steak, which is what David and Keith were cooking for the kids. Nice symbolism. <laughs> nice symbolism what? there. Oh, I'm all in this podcast. <laughs> all right, let's stop. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Set up shop and when the weather come we got a pressure drop We don't know but every day I go to see what I can bring into a gammy And now a digging six feet under health service announcement My arm's numb Numb arm Numb arm Numb arm So we are now back with part two of the podcast and something something we were sort of talking off mic in between the illustrious break. The idea of these podcasts, these episodes, you know, these these remaining five episodes being lengthy because, you know, we were kind of talking like, oh, man, we have so like we you were Marissa. We're like literally anxious because we yeah. have so much to yeah. talk about and think about how much we just did talk about. Yeah. And and Colton showed us his notes. He has an entire note page just for <laughs> the second part that we're going to talk about. Uh, I I guess what I'm bringing up is like these five remaining episodes because there's so much to get into. We're definitely going to go past that hour mark. I'm assuming we're going to be hour and twenty. And what doesn't help is the fact I'm still talking. <laughs> that does not help. You're right. So with that being said, let's get into. Um, we're we're going to kind of. Combine the 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 Sandoval family with sort of again repeating myself, God knows how many times, sort of the end game for the series. Uh, Nate's Nate's making arrangements with the Sandoval family, and I, I I had a I had a little bit of a nitpick that Nate would have never met with the family. Like, why would he? Someone yeah, who doesn't speak so Spanish. Professional to be. And I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask that in your profession, like, what do you do when somebody comes in and like they speak a language? That you well, he, speak? here here's what I said because I watched that and I was like, oh, that's so dumb. Nate would have never met with his family. Yeah, like it just would have not happened. Like Rico would have been there from the start, but Nate does drop the line. They were a walk-in, so oh. right. And so what happens is, and it's funny, you know, you can't get mad at them, but if people sometimes understood, if you have a, and obviously they're not thinking right. Someone in their family just passed. Like they're right. not. They're worried. Their their concern isn't not making. Most people just think a funeral home operates the same way like Best Buy does. Yeah, I you would never think to right, call. Yeah, right. never. And right. I'm just saying, like, if you think about like funeral directors, and again, I'm not like sitting here trying to be like think about us for a change. But I'm I'm just trying to like put you put it on the opposite way. If you just walk into a funeral home and just want to make really big decisions on a funeral on the drop of a hat. Like funeral directors aren't sitting around, like at a at a, like a desk, yeah. like just waiting for you. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but but families aren't thinking about that. Why would they? Yeah. So right. that's why. In to bring it back here, like Nate, they walked in. Nate was probably in the middle of doing something, not embalming clearly, and like, oh, let me let me take this family. Oh my God, they speak Spanish. Well, I don't know how else to deal with this besides to get a, a dictionary or translate yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, Something uh, it's really prevalent down here in South Florida. Um, like we have a lot of families 
who speaks Spanish. I speak somewhat of broken Spanish, so I can like somewhat try my hardest. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, I guess in South Florida, it's really important. I imagine in parts of California where there's also a huge Hispanic population, you got to have someone who speaks Spanish. Yeah, like it's just right. part of it, you know? I feel like almost like in every job now, it's like part of it, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure even more so in your job. And especially with those arrangements, like yeah. if you mix up one word or one thing that they want, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's everything. Yeah. We get into a little bit where he goes downstairs to get Rico and is just sort of like, Hey, um, I can't, you know, can you know these words, whatever? And Rico's like, first the idea of Nate's making arrangements. Nate doesn't embalm. It's very expressed yeah. very clearly here. And if you've noticed, we've always talked on the podcast about how they only have three workers. Like there's so much uh, in a, in a, any job or industry, something like this where you're, you're, there's a lot of hands. You know, the, the idea they only have three of them, and Nate, one of the owners, can't even do yeah. a huge aspect of the job seems crazy. But something furthermore, a huge thing, and and while I explain it, you could see why it's such a big deal, the idea of next of kin rights. So, you know, if you're married, your spouse is automatic next of kin. You're not married, it's your parents. There's no parents and no spouse, it'd be your siblings, mm-hmm. you know? The idea that, like, Nate doesn't know that. He's yeah, like, he's like, uh, I think she's married, or I think he, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say because that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask. And so he, he says, I think, I think they're divorced. I was gonna say, or they're separated. So if they're separated, and say they're not like legally divorced, but they're separated, then who's gonna be the person that would make the arrangements? Uh, so let me, if they are still married. At least in the state of Florida, and I imagine of most states it is. Because separated is a... Can you file for legal separation? I don't know. I don't think so. I, don't, I, I think don't I think know. I think separation is a, a loose term. Yeah. And didn't wasn't right. there a death capsule in one of these mm-hmm. like recent episodes where mm-hmm. the woman was like estranged from her husband and she was like, I don't even know why I'm here? Wasn't oh, that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Were they still legally married? If you're... No, because he... he that's that's something where it's not like you can't someone can't back come back in twenty years, and like reroute okay. retro retro okay, still be yeah. married to okay. no no but you're you're right um, separated still married by the law that person still has the rights. Uh, how it goes though is sort of like if you if you come into the funeral home, and you give me no reason to believe that there is a married that there's a married person. I'm going to go with what I see. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the funeral director's job to, the funeral home's job, rather, to like, are you married? I need a marriage certificate. Right, right. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Okay. It's just kind of like, in, in this situation, basically, that person's married unless Nate's shown otherwise. Mm-hmm. If, if you like raise doubt, then it's your job to be like, okay, now I need to see papers. But otherwise, if there's no reason, like, it's not our job to, are you yeah. really married? Yeah. When, would you, when did you get married? Right. You know, it, there's none of that. Uh, regardless, Nate doesn't know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nate's right. just totally just flying along and doing it. Um, I guess a, a quick thing I wanted to touch on, the idea of spending a lot on a funeral. You know, because they were like, Nate's like, you know, how could you do this to this family? You know, didn't you go a little bit overboard with yeah. what you charged them and whatnot? And just on the idea of charging uh, or, or family spending too much, you always... Well, funeral directors get a bad rap of like, oh, we, we take people for their money, whatnot. You always, you never want to like walk away 
or something like a family can't pay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, what's the point of that? If they're going to, you're going to charge them this X amount of dollars, whatever. But if you feel like if they're comfortable spending that and they want to, how can you tell someone yeah. no? Really um, random question. Yeah. How exactly do they get charged? Do they pay after the fact? Uh, a lot of funeral homes have different, different, like whatever. finance. Yeah. So on a, on a funeral contract, there's kind of, it's kind of split into two things. It's one side of what the funeral home charges, and there's also what we call cash advance items. Cash advance items is like whatever the church charges. Death certificates okay. you usually get from the state, they charge. Um, you get a priest to come to the service. Sometimes you get escorts, like police that like kind of yeah. guide you to the cemetery. The funeral home's not charging you, the escorts are. So those are called cash advances items where the funeral home fronts the money for you, and you pay it all. So you walk into a funeral home, you have one bill. Okay. And we have like, let's say, eight bills. Yeah. So usually we'll say like, pay if, if let's say family can't pay right now, pay us for the cash advances because that, that's not we're like literally fronting you money. We're just middleman there, mm-hmm. uh, obituaries too. Yeah, like the funeral home's not charging you, the newspaper is. Right, we're making it easier for you. So just pay us that, and we'll work on the other half either. Um, I've heard of policies, all the money. On the day of the funeral. Jeez. And you don't pay it. We don't do funerals. I don't know how often that is, uh, how often that's happened. I think it's a lot of, that's an old time rule. Yeah. You know? Um, also, and sometimes today, like in the day in the, in the day where cremation is so high, like you could pay us and not until the cremation happens and cremation takes a long time to happen. Mm. It's like 10 business days. But then also it's kind of like, if this, if you cannot work this into your budget. Right let's work on a plan or like maybe we'll get okay. you to another place that that you can afford. Yeah. You're not like, you really aren't there to stick this family with a, you know, yeah. a huge debt over their heads, you know? Um, so that's how that would work. <laughs> uh, um, David is looking for a, this was kind of thrown out of the blue, thrown at just out of nowhere, right? Like yeah. David looking to buy a crematory. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Like, is that a normal thing? Like what's the, the, oh, like, is that normal for a funeral home to have a crematorium, or is that like y'all normally use like a, a contracted out? Like, does it is it is it cost effective to own your own? It's cost effective to earn, uh, own your own. The same way, it's like it makes more sense to buy your house than rent your house, right? Um, right. So, kind of how that works is. There are cre- there are funeral homes and crematories in one, and then there are funeral homes and where places that are just crematories. So for this instance, <clears throat> I'm assuming the Fishers are going to a crematory, and they're getting charged, let's say, a hundred dollars for every body they cremate, and then they charge the family two hundred. So now let's say they own their own crematory. Now they're not char- you know now they're getting the full two hundred yeah. per you know. Um, it is common for funeral home to buy a crematory. So other funeral homes in the area will use their crematory. Um, You know what I mean? Just picture the the same way the Fishers. I mean, even if you go back to, I want to say it was season two when Claire was sleeping with the crematory guy. Right. Um, You know, that's the the crematory the Fishers are using. So now the Fishers want to buy their own crematory. So other funeral homes, they can make money by other funeral homes using their crematory. Um, okay. And, and I guess that sort of advances us to, they have a sit down about the future of the business. And instead of taking bonuses this year, they're going to, <laughs> they each have their own three different plans. Yes. Out of the three of them, let me ask you guys, actually, who do you think is the most 
s- not safest, the smartest. Oh man! Wow. Um, <laughs> go ahead. No, 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 because no, um, it, it, it's funny. It, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, honest, in all honesty, I mean, I get where Nate's coming from, but from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, I honestly think that Rico has the best business model. Interesting. You? So it's kind of funny. I de- yeah, Nate is last. Yeah. Um, Rico, I thought was the most confident and the safest. Right. But David's made sense while watching, but then just ha- hearing you talk about it, and um, I I obviously assumed that the funeral home would would own their own crematory for those purposes, but I didn't realize about the other surrounding funeral homes that would use right. it as well. Yeah. Um. So after right. hearing your background on it, I yeah. guess I would go with David's. Yeah. But Rico's definitely seemed the safest. And, it, and in a smart way, you know, and he definitely seemed really confident about yeah. it. Like he like he's been thinking about this for yeah. a while, you know. Um, so prior to this, I would have said Rico. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is, it is f- interesting to see. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit of tangent here. It is interesting to see that David is hands down the most business smart person here. Like he's clear, like, you know, he clearly cares about the yeah. future and everything and whatnot. Uh, I was even going to go on and say, I don't even know if Nate's was a business <laughs> proposal as much as it was like a, a, a philosophy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 it was more like personal. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't even, cause David even says it like, well, is this, is this, uh, you know, is, is this like your idea or do you have an act? Are you actually going to say something yeah. of substance yeah. or are you just going to ramble? You know, um, <clears throat> let me, let me, let me say this on the two parts. Obviously, cremation is on the rise so obviously david has like the most yeah and especially this was 2005 yeah right so but let me say it too uh uh, i listened to a a sports show dan levitard and he says one of the truest things like america is browning it's getting darker and that's not that like we're getting more hispanic by yeah like it's just it's inevitable like you know what i mean it, the Hispanic culture is larger today than it ever ever yeah. was, and that number's not going down. Yeah, like it's becoming yeah. more. You know, I mean, I'm talking. To, this is such a small scale of what I'm about to say, but like the NBA now has like Spanish. Like, l- forgive me for lack of a better w- what it actually is, but like Spanish nights, where instead of the heat or heat, it's like uh, los heat. Oh no, el heat. Mm-hmm. And all the all these NBA teams. I mean. Obviously, I know baseball does something similar. Yes, Colton, they do something like baseball, yeah. Baseball has the same. So here in Houston, we have okay. So we have baseball. Like obviously, Houston Astros, right. You know, World Series champions. Ooh, um, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so they have Hispanic Night, and then we also have the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. I had mentioned that on the um, yeah yeah uh, before, and um, they actually have a Hispanic Night as well. Like it's. I mean, now granted, we're Houston. We're very close to the border, so there's a lot bigger Hispanic population. But yeah. I mean, it's 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 growing and growing and growing and growing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a part of our culture. That's what we are. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Houston is Hispanic. I mean, that's what we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder, like, uh, you know, we're not going to, but like, if in ten years we look at this conversation. Because like ten years ago, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know if I agree with you. Now it's like it's undeniable yeah. how yeah. much you know. Oh, yeah. um, the same way Nate distanced himself from Brenda, and we'll get there. You know, he's, I think he's the same way he's using the green burial to distance himself from this conversation. Because 
he's really not saying anything. Right. And I think it's like... He's almost like just in his own world. Yeah. And that's kind of neat. Yeah. And it will get there, but that's kind of like how selfish he is. Um, And I I guess the last thing that I wanted to say about this is Nate mentions green green funeral idea. And like he explicitly says what he wants. Wrapped in shrouds and placed in a green cemetery. Mm -hmm. That was exactly what I have in my notes. And that's... He mentions (laughs) that exact thing. Like it's just like a foreshadowing of exactly... And then if you know the title of the next episode... Right. It's it's like just a slap in the face, obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously uh, next episode's called Ecotone, and you know, and, and we'll clearly get there. Are we all good on the business end of this? We can move on, or you got more? We you can got de- you got can, more. Say it, sister. No, we could definitely move on. <laughs> but is that was that? Um, but I just I guess I thought it was kind of cool that there was some of the business aspect of it because we've talked about how. Um, this is a show about a funeral home, but it's like so so much a soap opera than yeah, anything yeah. else. So it's kind of neat to see that aspect of it too. Like I wish that they had a little bit more of that every once in a while. But no, it, no, that was it. That was good. And watching, it's funny. What you said, watching the the first episode, and uh, something that like I wish was thrown in more randomly. But it, Colton, if you remember those commercials from the first episode, they were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they were so cool. I wish- yeah, I wish they would have had more of those. In all honesty, yeah, and there, and you know it's funny. Like uh, today, like you know, I I embalmed today, and there's so many products. I was I, I we have an intern at the funeral home, so I'm like guiding him and I'm showing him you know the whole embalming product, the whole funeral home process really. And there's so many products I was explaining to him, and he was just kind of taking it. He's like, oh, like lotion. Like, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Nah. Like, you know? But that like in my head, there's all these chemical terms and everything. But in his head, he was just equating it to yeah. what he knows you know what i mean um yeah those commercials were great uh if we could hit on rico's storyline quick rico comes home and vanessa's leaving yeah <laughs> <laughs> the end no um yep. <laughs> things you know this is kind of going back to what i was saying that i this episode was so good it made me a little mad of how much time we basically wasted like season four and five. Right. So so much of it felt like filler compared to this episode. And you know what's like most proof of that? Look how much we're talking and we're still we still haven't gotten to the biggest storyline. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? No. We're all and we all have like a lot to say yeah. on it. Um that being said, I'm surprised, you know, however long Rico's moved in, I'm surprised it took him this long to be like Yo, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know? to come home right. to that every night has to be oh so uncomfortable. God. Yeah. Well, the the previous episode, it was already like a fight. Like, I like I talked about in the last episode. You know, when she when he says like he's like you really fucking hate me, <laughs> and like you see it you see it and like it really hurts him. And then when he comes home and she's like, oh, I'm going out with some friends. You don't even wait up for me. And he's like, oh, okay. And then she's like, he's like, well, did they already dinner? And she's like, no, it's your turn. You know it. Like he cannot do right. And you see that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, why am I even here at this point? No matter what he was going to do, she was going to get mad at him. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, uh, Pilar talks to Rico while he's doing her cosmetics. Oh, God, I could see it on your face already. <laughs> well, let me say this. Pilar is also from Dexter. She she has a, a really small huh. role in Dexter. Uh, she does? Uh, she's in season six. Uh, she's like a, a wow. receptionist. Yeah. She does have a few speaking lines, but 
there's something really important you wanted to repeat here because Pilar said it. Yeah, I just I never knew that Puerto Ricans had razors in their pussy. <laughs> so that that was also something that I learned this episode. That's a very common thought, though. Yeah, like, that is that is well known. I did not know. I didn't know. So I'm glad that I do know now. Um, I will never mess with a Puerto Rican woman ever. <laughs> Um, you know what's really funny though, and I will say this really fast. Um, I'm a hairstylist, yeah, and there's a lot of like Hispanic women that will only go to certain women if they're from certain countries, right? So like, I have a woman from Colombia, and when people come in, they'll say like, "Do you have anyone that speaks Spanish?" Yeah, we do. Okay, where is she from? Like what? Hmm. Like I get, do you have any women that speak Spanish? I get that question. You want to be more comfortable. You want to speak the language that you're comfortable speaking. But why does it matter where she's from? Like literally, like that matters. That's like a thing. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I, I yeah. get. You, I mean, you get why, right? Like, what, do we have to go into just different dialects? But I don't even think it's that. You know what I think it is? And and style. You know what though? I think it is? Yeah. Where are you from? New York. Where? Part. That's what I think it is. <laughs> that in my head is what I think it is. Yeah. No, I'm with her on that. Like, I have my. I, I don't think I it's dialect. Really, so in my wedding, like one of my really good friends, Chris Como, uh, I'm gonna say his name. I don't care. Um, Call out, Chris. From Gua- <laughs> yeah, Como. Um, no, he's from Guatemala. What? He's the same, whoa, whoa, he's whoa! The same way. I know Guatemalan like that. I'm right here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what? Yeah. So, no, but he's the same way though. But he'll sit there and say like he's very particular. Like he's like no, he's like I'm Guatemalan. Like I don't know. I I'm I'm agreeing with Marissa 100%. My stylist's husband, my stylist that I work with is Colombian. Her husband is from Ecuador. Only wanted to marry a Colombian woman and like would frequent Colombia and like meet and then like met her and they got married whatever, but like specifically like wanted a colombian woman like did not want an ecuadorian woman did not want like i think it's i don't know i I just i think it's to go to go back to your story for a second she said did she speak spanish yes and then where is she from yes no but there's a huge there's a huge dialect even mexico and guatemala border each other yeah and there are some people who can't understand each other i guess the same way florida borders georgia yeah like it's i'm telling you because there are slang words in my family's in my family in Guatemala like what they say and I've asked when I moved down here there's a big Hispanic uh, population here mm-hmm. and I've asked people like hey what does this mean because I've heard it my entire life I never bothered to, yeah. to ask what does it mean and they're like we have no idea what you're saying but I guess what I'm referring to and I and I think that the show speaks for too is that she's like Obviously, Vanessa's Puerto Rican. Yeah. This woman that died is Mexican. Yeah. So she was like, oh, get yourself a Mexican woman. Right. Like, and right. that has nothing to do with diet. Like, that has not Oh, yeah, yeah. You know no, what I mean? True, like, true. like, oh, get yourself a Mexican woman. Yeah. We will, I'll forgive you a second time. Da, 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 you know? <laughs> that's how... Yeah, exactly. Because that's how Chris will be. Like, he'll be... Because, like I said, he's Guatemalan. And then, like, things will get brought up. And he's like, wait, are they, like, Mexican? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, so they think they're better than me. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, no, that wasn't mentioned. That was like, he happens to be It's a thing. No, no, I'm telling you, you know, it's a thousand percent a thing. And I'm just saying, because I know my family does this. I don't do it because I'm not blood from Guatemala. But I'm telling you, my family, they do that. Like, I don't want to go too much into like my family group chat, but they definitely make fun of 
other countries, yeah. but the same way, like the same way you would make fun of someone from Boston yeah. just because they're from Boston. They have a. Funny I just, I, I just thought it was funny because, um, just that she said that you know, get yeah. yourself a Mexican woman. <laughs> Rico's manifestation, like we're talking about w- with Pilar here, I feel like this is the same exact one he had with Sophia. Yeah. Well, I, I guess not a manifestation. He actually had the conversation yeah. with her, and. and like it brought me to the idea of like how dragged out this has been really not a lot of movement like it is none slow slow as hell um that being said like we just got finished saying like man i wish there was kind of more funeral stuff like rico could have been doing this and involved in the funeral industry to be honest with you i really liked seeing rico more like confident in the funeral industry and i think that he was making such good points like colton and i both said we really thought his business plan was like the best yeah um that he was making such good points and it's almost like that feels to me a little wasted on like his storyline with vanessa no you know like that's i'm agreeing with you that's exactly my point like if if and let me like push it further if the solution to this was gonna be Let's go out and eat. Yeah. Like, then what was the point? I know. <laughs> like, yeah. now it feels uh, even more. At least, maybe the ending could have been like, he broke his leg and Vanessa had to pay him and yeah. whatever. Like, you know, like, it was literally like, well, you want to go out to eat? Yeah. All right. See, but no, but I didn't get that. I didn't get that that was how it ended. I get it. I got it more as. So, when they're eating, like, their spaghetti or whatever, he comes back. He's saying more like, look, you're wanting me. To be here, right? You're wanting me to be here. You're wanting this. Look, I know that I I fucked up. Like he cheated, right? He did yeah. a horrible thing. But okay, and, and I'm not trying to justify with what he did because he cheated on his wife, the mother of his children, right? Yeah. But at the same time, she's willing to quote unquote forgive him. She has to do something as well. She has to forgive him, and she's not doing that. She's Okay, if you're willing to forgive the the your husband for cheating, then you have to do work. Yeah. You also as as well have to forgive him and you have to work on it and she's not wanting to do that. She's wanting him there. Yes, she's wanting him to hey, it's Wednesday. You make the kids meals. I don't care if you order pizza. <laughs> Fine, whatever. She's wanting all of that, but she's also not forgiving him. She's not working towards hey I, I do forgive you. I know you messed up. She's just saying, no, I'm going to hate you forever. And I, that was what I got out of that is she doesn't know how to fix herself, and he's going to have to help her. To, to, to your point, uh, I, I don't want to leave you stranded on that island because I know what, what what you said could be construed a certain way. Like, what, what do you mean she has to do work? I, I'm someone that subscribes to the theory of, like, if you're going to take someone back who cheated on – like, you know, if you're going to take Rico back, he obviously – you know, if you're holding this in a court of law, like Rico has more to blame. He's the one who messed up. But if Vanessa Absolutely. And, and if Vanessa's gonna take her back, take him back, Vanessa has to take him back. Yeah. Like you can't do it halfway. Like, oh, you can come back, but I'm gonna hate you. Yeah. Like, no, you accept it right. or you don't. And you don't have to choose either way. And, you know, credit power to you if you are able to swallow that. Um because you gotta remember, he didn't she didn't just take him back. She asked him to move right, back in. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I agree with you. Like, she has to do her part, and if she's if she's going to forgive him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess with that, we can get to the uh, uh, the the main event, so to say. Ding ding ding. What? <laughs> 
Um, so, so obviously we spoke a little bit about it in the beginning about the idea of, you know, Brendan gets the sonogram and actively choosing Nate not to be there. Um, and then I, I guess their next scene, and they, they talk about a little bit the idea of like, Nate's bringing me to this Quaker service. Oh, I can't believe you're going, whatever. Um, I think this, uh, I think the same way, you know, it, it, it is really evident it, Brenda didn't even have to say it, the idea of, like, he's using the religion to get away from. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, I know it bothers you, so I'm going to put myself deeper in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, and, and and having the Maggie doesn't, helps Nate, hurts Brenda, yeah, obviously, definitely. you know. Um, but I kind of think, too, and I don't know I don't know if Colton, you had said this or, or, or whatnot, uh, I think Brenda's using the baby to also distance herself from Nate. Yeah, they're... She is. Yeah, and I think she proves that with not including yeah, him. Yeah, not, not including you know? him. Yeah, But I yeah. think that um that they're both, like, definitely not working together oh, at yeah, all. Yeah, In yeah. any way. Uh, bleh, uh, bleh. Nate keeps calling the baby it. Yeah. I have such a problem with that. Uh, yeah. That hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> For real. When he was like... It could do this. I was like, dude, no, don't say. That. I have that don't problem say, uh, though, and like, I, I, I say, I, it, it, there's a block in my head that prevents me. I don't think I've met a baby that like I didn't care about. So it's not like something I don't care yeah. about. I just have a problem. I have the same problem with dogs. Like I'll bring it over here. Like you know what I mean? I don't you. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that. Oh, his. His name is Abel, and you will call him. <laughs> By the way, you can follow Abel. There you go. Oh, yes. That was perfect. I so badly want this to be a cheesy Instagram plug podcast. That's so great. I'm so happy you did that. Please go follow him. <laughs> um, Nate and Brenda, I think, uh, like, the, the I don't I don't even know if it's symbolism, but a quiet Quaker, a Quaker service. I shouldn't even say quiet because a yeah. Quaker service is quiet. Brenda and Nate rolling in there. Fighting. It's so oh perfect. Oh my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Did y'all not catch that? What? They came in fighting and then the car ride home, they were silent. Yeah, I, I, I had that a little bit later. Um, But yeah, that's really, that's really, uh, is funny the word? Ironic? Ironic, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, it, it's great how they do that because the scene is only like literally five seconds where they're driving home. Um, and all, and you're right, like all they're doing leading into the service is like just <laughs> fucking bickering, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, telling of their relationship, like how distant they are, you know? Um, the service, it, 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 we could just talk really quickly about like the Quaker service. Uh, it seems really unusual, obviously, compared to what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a funeral service, but this is a church, you yeah. know. Um, I, I totally get why it's peaceful, though. Like, totally weird to me. Yeah. And that, that's no disrespect, but I don't know. The idea of like, <laughs> I'd feel really weird being in that service. At a random point, just to get up and say something. Yeah. Um, but it's an actual religion. I did a little research, and that this is that, de- like this is really true to a Quaker. From what my little research Wikipedia Google yeah. told me, um, I don't. I, I know you were looking it up. Yeah. No. I. I. Everything I was reading definitely seemed um, to be pretty spot on. It definitely seems a little strange, though. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, we definitely don't have to get into it, uh, you know, how many times I've said on the podcast, but the idea of like, uh, there's services where they have healing services and mm-hmm. the people pass out. Mm-hmm. That sounds odd, but yeah. it is part of their whatever. Um, if you're going to rank it, though, the idea of just staying quiet, I think it's just something seems people, pretty normal. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just something that you feel, I guess, comfortable. Yeah. You know? How weird was it, though, that Nate got up and said something the very <laughs> so first weird. time he was there? How much of a bullshit artist is Come he? Come <laughs> on. As he's like, as he's like side-eyeing Maggie, like, are you hearing this? You know? Like, come on. I'm totally a good Quaker. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> look at me, Quaker. You know? Get out of here. Even Brenda like gives him a look. Like, sit down. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and to your point, like, Nate is great at this because the next morning he wakes up. So, do you want to go to Quaker service? Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to pick no, up. No, he says Quaker Church. Quaker. It's so weird how he says it. He's like, do you want to go to Quaker, Quaker Church again? Like, what? So funny. But he purposely <laughs> says, like, I spoke to Maggie already. And that's just like yeah. sticking oh. that knife just a little bit yeah. more. It's like, it's 8 a.m. and you already spoke to her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you already it, spoke to who? Maggie? What? That sappy little ferret? Whoa, whoa! Are we just gonna, oh. are we just gonna bypass that? Because that was the best line ever. A you know sappy what? little ferret. That is a great line. Come on! <laughs> I thought it was awesome. No, no, you're right. You're it's right. Bold I and even, italicized um... in my notes. <laughs> damn, you went. Oh, see, bold is one thing. I did thing. both. I did both. When you went to italicize, damn. Um, the conversation they have where where Nate uh, Brenda can't agree with Nate's view of religion. Uh, I know someone said this earlier, just how distant they are, but I feel like, and, and obviously, right, like what I'm saying is not groundbreaking, but like, this is something you know about your partner before you get married, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The, the idea of like, if I believe in something this different, are you able to, right? like, you know, are you able to work with me or is it going to be my thing or you're not going to make fun of me or if, I'm, if I ask you to come, like, you know, that's a conversation, yeah. obviously, you know, um, but then again, like just thinking like, this is so ridiculous. Why are they discussing this? how many months into their marriage but like nate and brenda since season one and i'm like i can include you now because like you've seen their relationship from the start they were never no um they were never compatible in this instance you know when i was when i was going back and watching season one i think i said to you that nate and brenda were the only couple (laughs) <laughs> that didn't grow and even like a lot of the characters grew like individually yeah but them and, and and i could say that they grew individually but them as a couple stay the exact same like yeah. exactly yeah. like if you would have put changes. scenes in season one and season five i wouldn't have been able to the difference like <laughs> yeah. exact yeah. same you yeah. know yeah 100%. when brenda is complaining to ellen wolf um what that was great. I I, I what, thought with the that shut the fuck up. Yeah, I no, thought sh- that it was a flashback, <laughs> and then when it wasn't a flashback, I was like, "Oh my god, that is what Victor is constantly doing in his head to people." <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, I I was gonna just say more how like I feel like everyone has this friend. Yeah, everyone has a not as complicated as Brenda, but everyone has this friend. It's like, yo fucking break up with that person right or stay or 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 stop complaining yeah do one or the other quit your job or shut up yeah like you know what i mean yeah uh uh and then it led me to think put yourself in in her shoes or anyone along the way you know how difficult it must be to be brenda's friend 
Yeah. Like that's a difficult person to like. You think you know you if if you have a friend you you know you think of that you you shape you shape your you categorize that person you know that person's this I could do this or not. I don't know what Brenda's limits are aren't where she's at emotionally. I don't know if she knows. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I don't think she does. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you guys. Nate shows up at Maggie's. Mm-hmm. I, did he say he was going to show up? Was that ever discussed in the episode before he arrives there? Because even yeah. even when he oh it does because I was saying even when he's there well, go go ahead yeah because he um he spoke to Maggie at eight thirty in the morning <laughs> before eight thirty oh that's when he was going um, to pick her up her yeah. car yeah remember gotcha her car? Her car gotcha was, gotcha so, okay okay all those friendly people that would be all the friendly Quakers that would love to give her a ride gotcha her. right right the way Nate looks here mm-hmm. to me looks like Nate season one with the jacket. And everything, neither of you. Yeah. Oh, all right, we have it on TV here. Look at him. Look at the hair. Am I, do I have? Am I? Do, do I have a point? He looks. Here? He looks like happy. No, I just. I just mean like the haircut and the leather jacket and everything. Like that's like. And you know, it's funny. That's like two thousands. Nate. <laughs> like you know, this doesn't look like two thousand five right now. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't even catch that. It, yeah, he just. Right. It, to me, it looked so like like oh like that hair. That hair is blow dried, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. It, it's something I I, I I saw what there. Um, Nate comes in and just like I was just saying about Brenda, Nate comes in and just totally unloads on Maggie. Yeah, you know how difficult it must be to be Nate's friend. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, Nate mentions it now when he's with Maggie. He also mentioned it at the first Quaker service. Uh huh. Um, that he's so stressed out with work and and he just deals with death at work so much and. Where did all that come from? Well, yeah, I have a total thing of just like, wait, you don't embalm. Yeah. You can't meet with families. Like, meeting with families is, and you're barely at work. Yeah. Where's your stress? I just I just feel like he was so stressed at the Quaker ceremony or the service, and then he was he's so stressed at Maggie's now. Oh, work is really it's so stressful. Such a long day. When did that, like, no, yeah. you know? I, I would say, though, him him being stressed and tired and whatever he is. The way he comes in, unloads all his problems. It's all about me. Yeah, the definitely. same way Brenda, That's all it is. the same way he was loading on uh, Brenda was unloading on on Ellen Wolf, and this has been something that I used to struggle to see. It's obviously never been more clear this episode. These two people are so narcissistic. Yeah, it's it, everything revolves around me. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And this is just the most telling aspect of it. And that's why I guess they're both so destructive. Yeah. You know, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. They're not thinking of anything else but themselves. Yeah. Similarly, uh, you know, it's funny, Ted and Nate kind of both say the same things in this episode. They don't want to end up like their father, mm. and they ended up exactly like their yeah. father. I don't know if, I'm sorry, correct me, did Nate say it in this episode? I don't believe, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No. Okay, I, I, I thought I caught it because, th- then I guess it was more of, uh, um, uh, okay, I, I guess more of the similarity of why Nate and Maggie are here. They're both yeah. here because their parents. Yep asked them to stay and they stayed and look what happened to both of them uh um this leads up to them eventually kissing uh my question let me ask both of you what is maggie attracted to here because she stops it but then she goes along with it yeah i don't know that was kind (laughs) of that actually kind of weirded me out because she was like no and then he kept going i don't know that kind of weirded me out actually i mean and it wasn't forceful no like she at, no. at first she said no, but then she kept letting it go, and then uh, I was like, "Well, wait, I know what I know what Nate's into. Nate's Maggie's just a 
uh, a stand-in. Yeah. Replace Maggie with anyone. Replace her with Drew Barrymore because she looks just like Drew <laughs> Barrymore. I have to put that in here. Maggie looks like Drew Barrymore. You don't I think, think so? Like a young Drew not Barrymore. at all. I think I. Yeah. I think not at all. I think the Colton's point there is a. There's a. Uh, 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 um, she looks like the off-brand Drew Barrymore. Y- y- yes, uh, the off-brand, off-brand <laughs> of Drew Barrymore. The knockoff like, second second generation. Yeah, like not Cheerios, not mm, Cheery O's. Like, like like, no, like Drew Barrymore is like my celebrity crush. I think she is like one of the most beautiful women out there. But then I see Maggie and I'm like, that looks just like her. I don't know what it is, but she looks so much like her. I, I wouldn't say just like her, like not the I way. I don't see it. It's close. You're, you're, you're in the ballpark. You're in the ballpark. If we, if we gathered every woman in America who looked like Drew Barrymore, Maggie would be inside that ballpark. I think so. <laughs> Uh, um, and you know, while, while we see them getting to, into the bone zone and everything, um, kind of gut wrenching to see like during, while this is going on, Brenda went to the service. Terrible. Oh God. So sad. Also, um, really fast and Uh not trying to get too crazy into it. Get crazy. But I feel like them having sex was completely different than any sex at least I've seen with Nate and Brenda. Well, do they show any of the sex here? Because I feel like they're kissing and the next scene they're cuddling. Well, but okay. So then the kissing, like the, okay, inti- okay. like you know what they're doing though. Oh, no, no, I know, But like I know. the intimacy aspect of it. Yeah, there's a lot. It was totally different. It was like slow yeah. and like passionate. And and, intimate. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And, like, <laughs> like super powerful. And like yeah. for one, for it to be the first time that they're in that situation yeah but two when you see him in that same scenario with his wife and it's like nothing like that yeah yeah that like speaks like volumes you know i mean just off the top of my head there's a time where it's just like wasn't he complaining no i'm sorry i was thinking of rico (laughs) (laughs) forgive me uh um so uh, our episode ends with feels like took a lifetime to get here in terms of and I'm not complaining. This episode, because we are a rather long episode, yeah. But also like the podcast to get to this point, you know. Yeah. Um, a question here after post sex, they're they're, you know, oh, you gotta go, whatnot, right? They nudity is intentional mm-hmm. on a, on obviously on this show and most show. Any idea of why they showed Maggie's breast? It's not like it was like. But I get it before the sex. Yeah, that's what Nate. This is something, and it's like three seconds. Yeah, but they made it a point. Yeah, and they they had to have a conversation with the actress. I don't know. It just it could be like kind of like with what I was saying, like with like the super intimate moment. Like it could be like just like vulnerability. Could be. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like showing, like yeah. Yeah, I'm. Wh- yeah, she kind of almost looked uncomfortable when she. Was, she like, did, her shirt off. and she also did. Like, like she was crying. I think yeah. she kind of regret. Like I think she kind of regretted having sex with him. I think she was kind of like this shouldn't have happened. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Like she was like she doesn't want to take it back. Like she wasn't forced into it, but she was kind of like I let my emotions get the better of me, and I kind of I want this to end. So I'm putting my clothes on. I want to be done with this. I'll tell you what, it's one of the first times I asked a question on the podcast and like both of you like totally answered it and connected it. Cause like, yeah, that makes total sense now. Like <laughs> I, I, I literally was like, why are her why why is she nude on the screen? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah. But 
also trying yeah. to also trying to understand that's intentional. Yeah. You know, they literally sat there and like, all right, now Maggie, take off, and they yeah. had a dis- you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, add sort of she's crying. She definitely regrets it. See, now I didn't think like I felt her crying was a little bit more of like I knew like I wanted that too, but I know like you're gonna go home to Brenda tonight. Yeah. And I'm going to stay here. Right, and like, I, right. like, like that's how I took it. Like, yeah. I don't feel like she was like, oh okay. my God, I shouldn't have done that. I think like she knows exactly what she did. She yeah. was happy with what, like with what happened. But like, you're going home to Brenda now. Like, and I, and like, she, I think like when he's like, are you crying? And she was like, yeah, you should probably go. Like she's saying you should probably go because it's like, this isn't real. Like the real world. Like this yeah. is like, and, that, and you know, you know, like to your point, like they, you know, she kind of talked with Ruth here and there about, Oh, she's seeing guys, but she's not. She's dating or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, and why wouldn't she be lonely? Yeah. So, right. Some yeah. of the conversation started New City yeah. and how you're adjusting to LA and everything, you know? Uh, Nate, Nate says this wasn't planned. And I have two things on that. One, definitely planned. <laughs> yeah, totally planned. <laughs> but, but, uh, um, you know, sort of, sort of the same way, like the death capsule, that woman. You know, uh, when she's rollerblading down there, obviously that wasn't planned for her to get hit. Like yeah. That. Uh, but like, as he says this, his, how do you want to categorize this? Is this an aneurysm he has? A seizure? I thought it was a stroke, but I don't know. I thought it was a stroke. So his stroke, as he say, like you know, like also a stroke isn't planned, and you no. can't even prepare for a stroke. Oh, that's interesting. Like it sort of yeah. just happens, you know. So I just think that was like kind of because yeah. he says this wasn't planned, and the next word he says is yeah, you know, my arm, 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 arm. Um, that ends the episode for me. I'll let you guys, if you guys have anything to add to it. I was going to say, did you notice, or maybe, and maybe I'm not remembering it right, but I, one of the things I picked up on, so he's had technically two strokes or whatever you want to call it with his AVM. Yeah. And both times has been after he cheated on Brenda. Get the fuck out of here. Go ahead. Because I remember remember he had one with Brenda. He had one with Brenda. Uh, but then he also had the one with um, what, right after he had slept with Lisa when he was in. Seattle, oh right, 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 right. The, the, the burger place. Yeah. And then this one right after he cheated on Brenda, he has another one. That was something I kind of picked up on. Oh shit! Definitely. It's kind of like a not a not necessarily a punishment or anything like that. No, of course. Kind of like. Uh, yeah, that's know, really I, weird. I, there's got to be something else to it. Yeah. Because. The, they're working that in like it's got there's got to be some more meaning to it i can't figure it out but it was something i happened to notice i I think you did figure it out i think it's while it's not it's not obviously punishing him it's 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 uh uh, a rhythm you know because if they were if if they were to ask him what were you doing before this yeah and obviously we'll see next week how that plays into it um yeah you know what were you doing before this oh i had sex with not brenda yeah (laughs) you know dying for next week dying dying (laughs) Uh, that that does stepsister. <laughs> didn't even realize. <laughs> uh, uh, that wraps up the episode for me. Anything we glossed over that you guys want to bring up? I think, I think I got it all. Colton, anything on your end? No, I'm good over here. I think this is by far one of our longest episodes. <laughs> but to me, and I'm not. This is this is not a complaint at all because I feel like it flew by. And I honestly think it was like one of yeah. one of one. It, it's one of the first episodes after I watched. I said, "Wow, this show is great." Yeah, and it it's definitely yeah. a lead into these next five episodes: nine, ten, eleven, twelve, four episodes now. <laughs> 
I'm, fi- I'm counting on my fingers, by the way, everyone. Because um, I, I clearly can't know the difference between 12 and 8. Um, but no, th- this episode, I, I, when I finished watching the episode, I, God, this episode's great. And you, right now, I never heard you say the words, I'm dying for next week. Yeah. And, you, like, you know, this is, like, one of those great episodes. Um, really excited for, for the ending of, of the podcast. Weird to say that. I'm not excited for Aww. the end. I'm excited for these next few episodes. Yeah. Um, Colton, thank you. And where could we follow a certain furry little guy? <laughs> and once again, it's Abel the Bug. <laughs> Let me get that plug in there. A-B-E-L the Bug. B-U-G-G. Nice. He's adorable. Please follow him. <laughs> I guess that wraps it up for this week. Wrapping it up. And what episode is next week? Episode 9. Uh, there you, know you go. There you go. There we go. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Colton. Thank you all so much. We will speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. Amongst them, the flower, where you're